Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast episode. I don't know. What are we at? Do you know? <laughs> We're either at 300 or like one before it or one after it. I'm not sure. Holy shit. Like that's right on the cusp. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just, you know what? You know what's good about that is that there'll be enough audio of us to simulate our being once AI gets to that level, you know? It will be very easily, very yes. easily simulated. Very easily simulated. The deep fake um, will not be hard. No. So guess what, everybody? This podcast is uh, is what's going to keep us living on for eternity. We might be fucking oh, ourselves. Yeah, we what if our soul this, uh... gets transferred to the new AI versions of ourselves? Uh, I think that's highly unlikely. Okay. Because uh, we don't have souls. Oh. Ooh. You don't think we have any sort of soul? <laughs> Let's get into it already. Uh, One minute in, we're already <laughs> talking about souls. Um, well, if a soul is like something that uh, is like preserved after you die and then can be put into another vessel, sort of, <clears throat> yeah. Um, then I don't think we have that. Okay. And it's like a soul is also stripped of all your experiences too, so it's. It's hard to figure out like what exactly it is. Yeah, I guess it's still up for debate that thing, the soul, the spirit, consciousness. Consciousness is different. That 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 would be different from a soul cuz we assume that goes away when you die. We assume. Maybe it just gets relocated. Uh like it's Oh, but... what do you mean by relocated? Well, this is like some hippy dippy shit I heard. I don't I don't subscribe to it. I want to be clear about that. I don't think this is the reality. But it could be. Yeah. Uh where your consciousness exists like outside of uh your body ultimately, but your brain is organized in such a way that it can like contain it for a period of time. But once your brain dies, your consciousness gets ejected back into some sort of ethereal realm, the fourth dimension, until it can latch on to another uh, brain of some sort or equivalent, brain equivalent. So if they make like a sentient AI, maybe the consciousness that arises out of it was always in existence. It just needed a conduit. You know what I'm saying, man? We're all vibrations, brother. <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight. This is not saying this is not like the matrix theory where your your physical body, you have only have one physical body and your consciousness is in your physical body, but you're tricked into thinking that you're in a different vir location through virtual reality. No, no, if, no. This is different that, from that. This is everyone's consciousness is in is completely separate from the physical body, uh, AKA it can exist outside of any sort of framework, any sort of physical framework. Hmm. Is this, this is like, uh, so this, is this the, the, the analogy that the brain is like a, it kind of like a satellite dish consciousness is the signal. And when the physical body dies, that just means now the, satellite dish doesn't pick up the signal anymore yeah that's a good but, analogy uh, okay and that's that brings it back where's the signal coming from and what produces the, the signal 
<clears throat> well, science. Are you, the, are you what produces? Are you the signal? Is consciousness the signal? Consciousness is okay. the signal. Right. Uh, I'm rela- that's, <laughs> my point is, is like maybe there is a way because that would be like the same attributes you would give a spirit, right? Is or a soul, rather, what we were talking about at the beginning. A soul, by yeah. definition, but without it being uh, supernatural, it wouldn't be supernatural. It would be no, it wouldn't be supernatural. Yeah. It would be, uh, you know, natural. <laughs> natural, yeah, but weird. Weird, a new weird uh, avenue that science has yet to uncover. Hmm. And so, where would the signal come from? Or does it come from somewhere in space, or like a? I would say it would have to come dimension? from a higher Whatever dimension. Yes. Yeah. It is the Whatever fourth dimension. The, the, fourth, the fourth dimension is dripping into our brains. Uh, yeah. Isn't the fourth... I, I don't understand all this dimension stuff. I think that's going to have to be something that I look into. What does this mean, like a higher dimension? Well, they always use the like flatland creatures uh, analogy, right? right? The 2D creature wouldn't realize that there's um, like a piece of paper, one dimension, one plane. But if you put a, uh, you know, if you stab a pencil through that, that piece of paper, anything that's living in that plane will still only see that one sliver of the pencil. They won't realize that there's an actual cylinder going through it. And that portion of it that dips through the second dimension is the only thing you could see if you lived on the second dimension. Right. So they say the same thing would be with, with the third dimension. If the fourth was poking through it, we would only see a small sliver of that. Yeah. And wouldn't, yeah, we, wouldn't yeah. be able to, we wouldn't probably, we wouldn't pre- even realize that that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Just like it, it boggles my mind because like the first three dimensions are just about directions that you can move in. Like you mm-hmm. can move up to the left to the right <laughs> yep we're like you can move along the x-axis the y-axis or the z-axis yes you can do the hokey pokey in the third dimension but not does a fourth dimension give you another quote-unquote direction you can move in and is that supposed to be time no not the, no. the and this when they're talking about these spatial dimensions i think that the whole time is the fourth dimension is not applicable i think that's not okay um, so the first three dimensions are spatial, and then what do they become? It's a still spatial. It's just a, a space that we can't we can't observe because we were evolved in the third dimension only. Bah, not bah. nonsense. Bah. Bah. Well, I hate to keep bringing this series up, but they do a pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> they do a pretty decent job of trying to describe what it would be like of a for a third dimensional being to pop its head into the fourth dimension in the three body problem trilogy, which I've hyped up too much on this podcast. I'll stop talking about it. But in the third book, a group of the people that live in the third dimension, they end up popping into the fourth dimension briefly. And it's a big, uh, they describe it, what it's like. And it's pretty, pretty nuts. I don't know if it's accurate. I don't know if it's based in reality, but the way he tries to describe what it's like is pretty wild. Mm Hmm. I've heard it's like the end of uh, Interstellar. What do you mean? It falls into the the bookcase. Uh, yeah, I see. I don't think that's the, the Tesseract. No, that's stupid. That was stupid. No, and that's this... based on a real idea. The Tesseract. I know the Tesseract. A four-dimensional hypercube. 
Yes. I don't, I don't think I that, don't understand. I don't think that uh, him like looking through the back of the, the bookcase through it, like it's a, like a wall with holes in it. That's not, I think in the three body. Not, not when he's like, not when he's like hiding and like hitting the shelf, like when he's following through all the. Oh, uh, oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. That, that, that maybe I got to rewatch that. Uh, in that the three body crazy. problem one in death's end, they describe it as you can see every surface of every object, uh, no matter if it's in the third dimension, it would be blocked by something. So they're looking at the human body oh, in the fourth right. dimension and they can see every detail of the human body inside and out laid out. Plain. Wow. So you can see everybody's organs, the inside of the organs, you see the out, outer wall of the heart and the inner wall of the heart at the same time. And so everybody looks Damn. like they're miles wide because you see every single detail of everything. So nothing is doctors. hidden behind anything. And the doctors must want to get a hold of this, this tech. Well, yeah. Well, and one, at one point when they go actually go into the fourth dimension, they have to be very careful not to accidentally bump into their own organs. It's very, very bizarre. Ah, I stepped on my own dick. Fuck. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Ouch. Only in the fourth dimension can you really bang yourself in the ass. Ah, uh, you could stub your toe on your other toe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, peak of irony you could stub wow. the top of the toe on the bottom of your heel in the fourth dimension. ah it's the worst yeah everyone feels like good. an idiot in the fourth dimension <laughs> well i think they say at some point like if you're not equipped with the uh organs needed to make sense of the fourth dimension it's going to be extremely confusing right you don't have the right sensory apparatus yeah to deal with it exactly. and, and you, your brain can't uh doesn't know how to organize or process the information in a coherent way. Right. Yeah. So back Damn. to the consciousness idea that maybe consciousness is just like little droplets of the fourth dimension falling into the third dimension and inhabiting the only thing that can actually contain something from the fourth dimension, which is a complex uh, grouping of neurons. Wow. So, uh, so in other words, consciousness is the fourth dimension or it's yeah. in the fourth dimension. Consciousness comes from the fourth dimension and it, it right. can reside in the third dimension only within very complex structures like a brain. Ne like a neuron, like a brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, I am very qualified in this. I'm a scientist. I'm a, a astrophysicist and a theoretical physicist. I don't know if I told you that before. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I've always suspected, but I did not know for sure. I well, just, that's that's interesting. Well, yeah, I have my degree in uh, stoned YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yes. I think, uh, yes, Princeton offers that program, I believe. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we have a, basically, they just give you a playlist on YouTube about theoretical physics and weird theories. <laughs> and a bunch of weed. And a bunch of weed. Don't forget the weed. A very specific <laughs> strain of indica that you have to smoke between, before every video. Otherwise, you will never get it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how Einstein uh, discovered special relativity. Yes, Over you have to write your YouTube video. <laughs> you have to write your thesis on LSD. That's the other thing. Damn. <laughs> but the professors have to read it on LSD too. So it's oh, 
Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It is fair. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, yeah. So that, that like consciousness is from the fourth dimension. Um, that is like, I guess, that is, a, yeah, I guess it's a way to explain it. Um, I mean, it's all just hubbaloo. It's, it's all just, uh, just yeah, it's, fucking around. It's, it's always, there's like, there's some different uh, ways people have tried to explain consciousness and some of them are, are bad because they just uh, like kick the can down the road, so to speak. Are like, you telling uh, me that's what I'm doing with my fourth dimension? No, no, theory? no, 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 no. I just, <laughs> that I'm just, is, it's pretty much exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what that, I'm just going to say what that's like. And then we could see if that is what the dimensional thing is. But like, oh, for I'm, example, there's one, there's one version of like, what is consciousness? And that's called the Cartesian theater. Ah, uh, I believe so we Cartesian have spoken theater. about this before, but give me a rundown. Yeah. yeah. So the Cartesian theater imagines that, uh, your consciousness is like a little movie that plays in your head and mm-hmm. you're watching the movie in your, your head. So if you think about it, we know that, uh, what we see isn't really what we see. It's an electrical impulse that's interpreted by the brain. So right. the idea of the Cartesian theater is, is like your, there's a screen in your brain and the, the information from your senses comes in and plays on the screen and you, you watch the images on the screen in your brain. Mm-hmm. That's the Cartesian theater. Um, two, two problems with this. The, or sorry, I guess it's kind of like one major problem, but the one problem is, Okay, so you're sitting in, in there in your brain. You're watching the, the screen. But ha- but now what's happening in the... Where's the, the consciousness located in the brain that's watching this image? Right. Who's the, who's the guy with the ticket that's sitting in the seat? Where is he located? Right. And how is he conscious? Right. So it and doesn't, aware of what he's seeing. Uh, right. So you that describes more like the experience of consciousness, not the cause of it. Well, it's 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 again, it's sort of like saying, like, because if you can imagine, like, oh, consciousness, like, I'm just, uh, I just see, I just, I, I'm just aware of things, and but you're not really aware of the real things; you're aware of the impulses, right? But just because you're aware of the impulse, just because you've explained that you're aware of the impulses doesn't explain how it is that you are aware in the first place. Mm-hmm. You just kick the can down the road. Like, oh, how do I see it? Oh, there's like a little, I'm watching it in my head. Now, are there any of these theories of consciousness that you think do the best job at not kicking the can down the road? Um, yeah, there are some good ones. Um, I think... They, they all have their problems and none of them explain it, but there are different ways of thinking about it that are, that are different. Um, one of them that like maybe is getting less popular is functionalism. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's the idea that consciousness is caused by, not by the, the brain itself, but the way the brain is organized and the activity in it. I see. So you could create consciousness again in a different thing if you organized it in a similar way. Right. If we just say consciousness is just our brains, then it would imply that only a brain could be conscious and there couldn't be like a conscious uh, alien that didn't have a brain like ours, for example. 
Right. And then you could, that suggests that you could build a brain like they're trying to do with AI essentially. But even if with AI, it's like, how do you ever know, like, or any, any sort of say any brain that's not your own, how can you really be sure it's conscious, right? It's, it's like, what, is there a foolproof test to tell if something really is conscious? So even if AI gets to a point where it seems exactly like a sentient person would be, how do we know that's truly consciousness that's arisen inside of it? Yeah, we wouldn't really know unless we had, uh, unless we were able to figure out what makes it tick in us. Right. Yeah. Like there was that Google engineer who was, who was convinced that the AI he was working on was conscious, but uh, that's just because it was really good at being a chatbot and talking to him. So yeah. they thought it was, it had real emotions and stuff, <coughs> but it exactly. just knows how to pretend to be like that. It's just, uh, it's the large language models are, are literally just prediction machines. They're not, they're not thinking for themselves. They just know, they just scan the data and pick what the most likely next word is going to be in a sentence. And if you just get a shit ton of data and a shit ton of computing power, then a lot of the times they will come off because all the data they're scraping from the internet is written by humans. They're going to be able to emulate, like it's going to be able to, uh, what's the word? Imitate a human being very well, just based on this prediction of the next word in a phrase. Yeah, exactly. So with the consciousness signal, um, I'm trying, I'm still trying to think if that's like, just like another Cartesian theater, but like the fourth uh, dimension thing. Yeah. Like, are we just kicking consciousness into the fourth dimension and being like, Oh, well, the fourth yeah. dimension is, is consciousness. They're definitely doing that because you're still not explaining what consciousness is. You're just saying it, it's, it's originating from somewhere we get, we don't have access to, and that's why we can yeah. never solve what it is. It's more of an excuse for not being able to figure out what it is than what, you know, if there's any good reason to believe that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, I guess like one way you could be charitable to that is like one of the things that makes people think consciousness is weird or like not, uh, not physical or natural is that to the experiencer, it doesn't seem like your thoughts have any three dimensional properties. Right. Like you can think in your head and you can think about stuff, uh, and you know that the actual thoughts in your head, like you imagine a square, right? Yeah. There's no square in your head. There's no three dimension. There's no rectangle in your head. Uh, there's just matter, three dimensional matter. Right. But, and so consciousness seems so much different from three dimensional matter. So maybe it has to be some fourth dimensional thing that somehow, and here's the woo part, somehow it gets into your brain. And interacts with the third dimension. Somehow. Well, that's that's like now you're getting pretty much borderline religious, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's almost Cartesian dualism. Yeah, yeah it's point. just like, okay, well, there's some force outside of our knowledge and we will never be able to understand it because it's not in the third dimension. And anything that's in the higher dimensions, we will not be able to observe or study effectively because everything we know is in the third dimension. Everything we evolved to absorb information with is third dimension calibrated 
So mm. you're basically just yeah. saying uh, some higher power is giving us consciousness. Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. Um, I still, uh, I still don't think I'm still not like convinced at all that you'll be able to, we'll be able to make a, an AI conscious. Uh, I just, I just don't imagine that we have, we'll ever have that level of technology. Well, I think that it won't matter. I think that it'll get so good at emulating consciousness that it will, it will be basically good enough. Well, I think it, it, it does matter in the sense that if they were conscious, if like your AI, like your AI girlfriend was conscious or your AI boyfriend was conscious, you wouldn't be able to just call them an idiot and yell at them and <laughs> abuse them all the time because yeah. they'd actually be suffering. But if they're not conscious, then you can, uh, you know, tell them to make you a sandwich and all that kind of thing. But I think that if it emulates uh, consciousness well enough, people will will have empathy for it. I don't oh, think they it's, will. They will. Yeah, sure. I don't yeah. think you just being like, okay, if an AI is is behaving enough like a real person, most people will begin to treat that thing as if it is a real person, as, as far as like how they treat it. I think just because mm. it's such a yeah. your empathy is so like fine tuned for for to like pick up on nuances and stuff that and it, and empathy is not an act of choice. It's a it's a reactive thing. Hmm. So when something is behaving in a way uh, that it, it incites empathy, it's not like you're choosing to have empathy. It's just happening. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, I, I do, I do think that people will treat AI things maybe differently. I think they would, they won't treat them with the same level of like respect. Well, I guess it all depends on how they, they like react to you like if they react to you like a real person would if you are disrespectful to them yeah and they like won't talk to you the next day or something or they're i mean if you punch today i could drift away from you if you <laughs> slowly <laughs> slowly starts to stonewall on you and passive aggressive and i mean that's what i'm <laughs> saying if it's if it's acting enough like a real person or say say an animal say there's an ai dog right and, and you don't even, I don't even think you'd have to make it look and feel like a real dog. Like, I think you could just have like, it clearly be a robot dog, but if you punch it in the face and it starts yelping and like tucks its tail between its legs and like huddles in a corner, starts shaking, you're going to probably have some sort of empathetic response to that. Now, if you go all the way to making it look and feel like a real dog, like warm with fur and, and convincing expressions, then you're definitely going to be like... You're not going to just like be fine with beating up a dog that is technically not alive or conscious, but it looks and reacts exactly like a real dog would. Although ethically, True. it might be different. I mean, ethically speaking, you might one might be totally fine and one's not, but I don't think people are going to behave as if that's the fact. Well, it's not as bad to beat up a robot dog that can't feel any pain than it is to beat up a robot dog that can feel pain. I agree. That's what I'm saying. But in is both that cases, it's, it's bad for you as a person to, to beat something up. I guess. I think that despite the robot dog not actually experiencing pain, most people would behave as if it is. Even if they knew it's not. 
just because we're so wired to have empathy for things that are in pain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but, okay. So suppose though, if your AI dog gets like a computer virus and dies, mm-hmm. do, are you going to feel as bad about that as if your real dog had died? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I've never had a, uh, a convincing enough robot dog. <laughs> okay, I did have a robot like dog it. when I was when I there was like these little robot dogs you could buy back in the early two thousands or probably late nineties that could just like bark at you and walk around and uh, I don't and know what happened to that. I fucking killed it. Your man. special <laughs> little dog <laughs> had emerald green ears. <laughs> Um, I'm saying, okay, let's talk, let's move it away from dogs. Say as a human being. Yeah. Your AI, your AI, uh, buddy, one-to-one perfect replica, right? Perfect replica of a robot uh, or as a, of a real human, but you know, it's not actually conscious. I still think to torture something like that. And if it's responding as if a real person is being tortured is, uh inherently kind of fucked up to do even though technically ethically you're not actually hurting anyone to be able to go through that and not feel anything i don't know on the other hand like i'll play video games where i'm chopping people up all the time i feel nothing <laughs> and some of those are pretty good graphics and like some of the people <laughs> some of the npcs and video games that i kill will have pretty crazy realistic kind of responses to getting shot and i don't feel shit so yeah I, yeah i mean i know i know what you mean like i uh i usually play like i usually don't play role-playing games as the evil character because it makes me feel bad even though it's not like uh even though i know it's totally not real you want to be uh, a good person but at the end of the day, like I, we both grew up with violent video games, right? Like lots of violent video games. But mm-hmm. I have also witnessed some instances of real violence in the world, and I am still very much affected by real violence, where I'm not affected by virtual violence, even though the graphics are pretty good. Right. Um, here's here's a here's a, a scenario. Right, so say like in the future, everyone has some real human friends and then some like AI friends. Yes. And suppose you're at a party and you have your your AI friend. I don't know how like maybe everyone has like augmented reality glasses on or something. And mm-hmm. They can see their AI friends or something like that. Do you just like if you're at a party and you have real people there and AI people there, you're just gonna turn off the AIs and just have the real people. I don't know. Would no one you? wants to have their AI like because you. I don't know how it's going to work. Are they going to be like a holographic projection? Like they're going to be annoying. I think. Like turn it off. The the, the humans are interacting now. Go away. <laughs> Unless the AIs are very lively party attendees. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, I just I just watched this movie. It's like an alien uh, ripoff um, from the eighties called Forbidden World, mm-hmm. and they have like. They're on like this uh, research base on this planet because there's like they made a they they a bioengineered a monster and they have to kill it and blah blah blah, and uh, they have like their robot helper who's always with them, and like whenever the party starts, the guy just like turns off the robot because it's always so like annoying. 
<laughs> well, if you didn't have an and, annoying uh, robot. Well, okay, it's not annoying. It's just like it's like Samwise Gamgee in Fellowship of the Ring, like very positive, like let's do this, like uh, I see, that I kind see. of thing. And so, like whenever they want to have fun, he like he just turns this thing off, and then later turns it back on. And the robot makes this really funny comment because he's like, "When life is good, they turn you off. And when everything's <laughs> when everything's going to shit, they turn you back on again." <laughs> I mean, let's think of the movie like Iron Giant. All right. Yeah. That do you think that wasn't a real friendship? Even though he yeah, was an was. alien the, war. Yeah. He was an but alien here's war. Another machine. Question, though. But here's here's another question. A big reason that our relationships with other people, I think, are powerful is because we know that they also experience what we experience in the relationship. Yeah. And we know that they're conscious too. With an AI. I think the relationship has to be fundamentally different because you fundamentally, you know, it's one-sided. They right. don't experience anything about it. It's all you. Yes. Okay. Here's ultimately, the next that question. will always devalue it. Well, here's the next much. question. Okay. Get the yeah. site. Hypothetically, AI <laughs> and robotics get to a point where you can get like a perfectly simulated human being as far as, as just as much variety and personality, just as much, uh, you know, potential to do good things in the world independently essentially un indistinguishable uh and it gets to that point where there's enough of those in the world and then maybe they all initially there's some sort of indicator that can tell you the difference between who's ai and who's not but say you take that indicator away and now you literally cannot tell. We're talking like we're in uh, Blade Runner level uh, AI robotics and stuff where you cannot tell if someone's a robot or not. Do you think it would bother people? Or do you think it would it would be an issue? Do you think it would become a point of contention where you don't know if who you're talking to is AI or a real human? Or do you think most people will just, because there's so much like real human, it's indistinguishable. Do you think they just won't care? Like, <laughs> do you think people would be dedicated to discovering who is AI and who is not AI in their lives? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, K K Karen's an AI. She never farts or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Sniffing Gotta kill. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. Maybe a bunch of people would. I think most people would just not care. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, it's a it's a good question. I, like some people are gonna, I think a lot of things will impact it. Obviously, like uh, like like taking the Blade Runner example, um, people care so much about who's a replicant and who's not Blade Runner that they're hunting the replicants down and killing them. Legally. Yeah, but isn't that because the replicants revolted and like killed a bunch of people on Mars or the Moon or some shit? Yes, they did because but they were being uh, enslaved, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think it, I think they're supposed to be conscious. The replicants are, are they? supposed to have conscious. I, I don't know. I think so. Uh, It'd be so I weird just... watching that movie because spoilers for Blade Runner, but it's strongly hinted that Deckard is also a replicant. Right. So if they weren't conscious. It's like you just watched a movie with two AIs pretending to be human to each other and neither of them are actually conscious. 
What if you knew that, yeah, like all the AIs also don't know who's AI and who's not. So everybody's well, yeah, on then, a, then it's... exactly equal playing field, except, except for the one thing is that you, that lots of the people on the planet actually are just auto, 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 what are they called again? Re- Androids? Auto- rep- replicants? No, automatons. Yeah. Automatons, yeah. I think people will, I think people will definitely care if they're not conscious. Because if right. they're not conscious, then uh, then they fundamentally they matter so much less, morally speaking. Can you imagine like, being what, on your deathbed and your wife comes up to you? Yeah. You're on your deathbed and your wife comes up to you and you're just about to die. And then right as you're about to die, your wife's like eyes glow red and you realize she was an android the whole time. She peels off her face. It's all wires. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting uh, scenario, and it looks like it's like not even close to being out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, real real versus fake. Um, when it comes to people, it's interesting. Does it matter? I think it. Uh, I think it matters with with consciousness because I think so much of the reason we value other people as much as we do is because we know that they have a capacity to to feel pleasure and pain and and all those things. Uh, what if there was some I, complex piece of technology that allowed AI to feel pleasure and pain? Well, then, uh, is that like the distinguishing factor? Well, here's, of, the, here's the interesting thing, right? Cause like, according to functionalism, pain is the experience of pain is based on the function of pain, right? Not the, needs- not your biochemistry. So if you are somehow able to program into a machine, a function that was of the same complexity and purpose as pain in a human being. According to functionalism, that thing would feel pain because it has the the same uh, the same functionalist structure, I guess. Right. Would it feel so, pain so that, in the, in the sense with the pain? But then it's like, okay, it, there's a difference between feeling pain in the sense that you need to be able to feel pain in order to avoid danger and stuff, right? That's pretty much the function of it. Physical pain is in place to give your body a feeling of pain. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's more to it. There's lots of levels to pain beyond just the experience of it. And it plays like a role in your body and all those sorts of things. So you have to program all of that complexity of, of function and how it works and everything. Right. So, but is there a difference between the pain being experienced, say you're an AI that's okay. The pain function has been triggered. All right. All these, all these circuits are firing now to let you know that there's pain happening. Is it still unpleasurable or is it a simple signal? Uh, No, it would be, well, I mean, according to functionalists, I think according to functionalists, ultimately, like the qualia that you experience, uh, it's almost like, a, I, I think it, it, I don't know, I can't say exactly, but it would be suffering in the same sense that we suffer. Well, that's kind of funny because it's like, all right, in order for me to respect this thing, I need to make sure it can suffer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in order for it to count morally, it has to be able to suffer, yeah. That's so funny. 
We only really value stuff that can feel the same pain we feel. Or like our relationships to it are more meaningful and valuable. Yeah. There's more at stake. We need stakes. Yes. Stakes. Okay. Here's, here's like a plus for AI. Maybe AI, I was just like spitballing. Um, maybe AI can be good and then it can help with loneliness because people are lonely. If they had some AI friends, maybe they wouldn't be as lonely anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people already turn to AI when they're lonely. They just talk to talk to chat. Yeah, certainly. And it's only going to get, well, it's that movie Her, right? It's like the more yeah. complex it gets, the more realistic the answers are, the more of a personality they can simulate, the more it'll satiate uh, or soothe the loneliness. But mm-hmm. will it ever actually take it away? Because if you know, mm-hmm. here's the thing is that going back to the AIs that would be one-to-one replicas of humans, if you don't know that it's an AI, I think it could totally solve your loneliness uh, issue as because you believe it's a real human. But in the, even though the fact is it's not. So it's more about how what you know. It's more about knowing whether or not something is conscious than it is whether or not it actually is. Yeah. Yeah, like the <laughs> ignorance is bliss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ignorance is bliss. So as long as you, as long as you don't know, that'll be the law in the future. There's no, no one's allowed to figure out if someone's AI or not because it's the knowledge. <laughs> it's the don't knowing. Ask, don't that's the only variable that matters whether it's a relationship can be uh, satisfactory or fulfilling. Actual consciousness doesn't matter. It's knowing whether someone's consciousness that matters man in the in the future the most edgy comic will like ask crowd members like hey are you ai uh, just <laughs> <laughs> and everybody be like oh Ooh, you're not supposed to but, ask that well well i'll just ask you questions what are <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because npc has already become like an actual insult nowadays <laughs> np okay yeah npc is an insult but so is i'm the main character that's also an insult <laughs> that's true where where do we go (laughs) i'm the publisher Uh, you know it's funny is that those two those two person or types of people are on the opposite uh, ends of the spectrum as far as like npc usually refers to someone who's like kind of meek or in the background doesn't have much to say or, or when they do say something it's just uninteresting or unnecessary and then on the other end of the spectrum, main character syndrome is, th- is someone who can't shut up and thinks that they're always the life of the party and everything in life revolves around them. Yeah, unless the game is buggy and the NPCs are all like tweaking out and then it's <laughs> <laughs> then it's like real life. <laughs> yeah, the awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah there's, a, there's a few more points. Uh, here's, a, here's another interesting one. Um, from a philosopher named uh, Hubert Dreyfus. And he has this, this good quote. So he's talking about people on the internet, internet sociality. Yeah. Right. And when you're on the internet, you're totally anonymous. You can be totally anonymous, at least right now. Um, And so here's his quote about that. Uh, 
The net frees people to develop new and exciting selves. The person living in the aesthetic sphere of existence would surely agree. But according to Kierkegaard, this is another philosopher, according to Kierkegaard, as a result of knowing and being everything possible, one is in contradiction with oneself. When he is speaking from the point of view of the next higher sphere of existence, Kierkegaard tells us that the self requires not variableness and brilliance, but firmness, balance, and steadiness. Huh, you're going to have to like summarize that uh, for a dumb person for me to really wrap my head around that. So as explained, so I'm reading from uh, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, and mm -hmm. the entry is by Shannon Valor. It was a big shot because I think she also edited the Virtue Ethics entry. That's a pretty big entry. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it'll do, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, well, yeah, she says, uh, oh, Virtue Ethics, yeah. She says what, what he's talking about is there's no, uh, there's no risk if you're always anonymous online. Right. And it's the element of risk in real social interactions that makes them uh valuable more, more valuable and right more meaningful because That's you have right. to risk something i agree with that yeah. every every relationship you get into whether you know romantic or just a friendship there's inherent risk of being hurt right and so that's why where, where some of the value comes in when someone chooses to form a friendship with you or the stakes are even higher if it's a romantic relationship. They're putting themselves in harm's way, essentially, uh, because and it's it's a risk that they think is worth it because they think that the relationship will add that much value to both their lives and your life. Yeah, exactly, and so that wouldn't be present with an AI necessarily. Yeah, if it was programmed, if you had an AI, uh, an AI girlfriend who could break up with you, yeah, then there would be some risk, and then you you lose all the money you spent on her and everything. And what would that do to your goddamn <laughs> your self respect? That self respect to get dumped by an AI girlfriend. Oh my god, that would be pretty bad. That would be pretty bad. How, yeah, how would you do that? You just never. If you just don't, maybe you don't turn her on. For like a few days <laughs> let her simmer down <laughs> do a hard reset <laughs> uh, see that would be abuse see that's another thing i'm wondering about is like people are definitely just gonna download ais to abuse them for sure yeah sick sick people it's this is like a really um, you can simulate inflicting pain because they can pretend to be in pain so you can make like an ai family and then abuse your ai family and Right. Here's another thing about ethics, I guess. With AI image, image generation, right? There's sick people out there, all right? Pedophiles, uh, sadomasochists, people that like get turned on by uh, images of terrible shit, right? Yeah. Now, please. would it be better for these people to generate these images with AI instead of seeking out the real thing? Uh well yeah it's it's better. It's still not the good. AI, <laughs> the AI is not conscious. Yeah. So it's a it's a step up. It's still not good, obviously. Yeah. 
Especially because I think now, right now, how it works is the AI would have to look, scour the internet for the real thing in order to produce the fake thing. So, another good point. Yeah, it would have yeah. to look at all the the stuff that's on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's there's some problems, definitely with that. Um, but it's, it's always going to be less bad if they're not conscious. But still bad. Right. Still very very bad. Yeah, think of the real thing as cigarettes and the AI-generated shit as vaping. It's not good, but it's yeah. not as bad. Yeah. Okay, here's my here's my final my final thought. Okay. Ever? Oh, no, Forever? Sorry, second, second to last. Sorry, sorry. Okay. No, second to last thought. Um, would it be good to have uh, a total, ab- total, totally, sorry, I'm, I'm doing this all wrong. Yes, you are. Do it right. So there, so one of the presidential candidates, Nikki Haley, one of her campaign platforms is that in the U.S. she would make a law that you can't be on the internet anonymously. Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> so this well, is like she doesn't want to get elected then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to get elected. <laughs> uh, yeah, what that's a what dumb one of idea. She said, like, no, you can't be anonymous on the internet. Like How the fuck would you even regulate that? Risk. Uh, well, you'd have you'd have a whole new thing now where you have, have like some internet identity card or something. Oh, like, this is another prediction. ISP address comments on something. It's uh, it says your name or whatever. This is my yeah. uh, last episode. We did predictions. I don't know if we talked yeah. about this, but I predict that okay, not for twenty twenty four, but maybe before twenty thirty rolls around they're going to have to replace the current internet with a highly regulated version because of AI and how mm. the internet is going to eventually become such an unreliable source of information. They will have no choice, but to restart it. Yeah. Web, web 3.0. Yeah. What is that? Is that a real, th- I've see- heard that before. Web we're, 3.0. we're in web 2.0 right now. We are. I, I missed so. the I missed the switch. <laughs> I might still be on Web was, One. <laughs> I think it was back in two thousand three. I think they made the what's change. The, <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's three W's now. I think before it was WW. No, no that's, that's, not true. that's not true. And they're gonna add fourth fourth, w. <laughs> fourth dimension. <laughs> uh, I think, like, I I really do think the AI is gonna come and make the internet pretty much. Uh, useless as far as information go goes like as far as like getting accurate real world information it's going to become an absolute crapshoot that's yeah it's very possible um yeah unless they figure out some way to regulate it there's a theory that like every uh there's, there's have you heard the dead internet theory no that like the vast majority of comments on the internet and clicks are just bots Oh, comments and clicks. That's that is scary. Yeah, yeah. The dead internet. Um, you know, it'd be a great way to end this podcast if if somehow you revealed you've been an AI this whole time. (laughs) Well, here's here's my final thought. Here's my final thought. We have to talk about the pros and cons of real people. Okay. And there are some serious cons for real people. No shit. They take up space. They take up resources. They require maintenance. They are annoying. 
They are unpredictable. They cause they waste. Dangerous conflict, waste. They're shitting everywhere. Irrational, violent. There are some real problems with real people. Yeah. That yeah, let's make a list of pros that's that long. I don't think I could. Uh, authenticity, if, if they're conscious. Um, and reproduction. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> More powerful relationships if they're conscious. I mean, that's that's kind of your opinion, man. Yeah, so basically, you can have more powerful relationships with them, and also human reproduction. That's that's those are the only pros I can think of for actual people compared to AI people. AI people don't take up space, take way less resources, way less maintenance. Don't have to be annoying if you don't want them to be. Inherently more predictable. I think the future is fake. I think that's where we're going. <laughs> the future is fake. I mean, it's going to get very fucking weird out there. Uh, probably a lot quicker than uh, we want. Yeah. Well, we're talking about evolution, right? Like, maybe it seems like if AI people proliferate and stuff like that, and having deep emotional connections is less and less important, maybe the human race will evolve away from uh, needing powerful Emotional bonds. Um, I'm cold and mean. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think that it's 2024 right now. I think by 2030, there will be some sort of fundamental shift in how society operates, much like how the internet did back in the 1990s. Uh, But it'll be faster. That was more of a gradual, you know, suddenly every single facet of everybody's life is tied to the internet. I think it's going to be the same same type of tectonic shift, but even more extreme and way faster. And I think that it will have to have an, uh, it'll, the pros will have to outweigh the cons for it to stick. Just like how the internet what kind of pros though. The pros about like how it's they're cheaper and less dangerous. Well, I, I think the pros will have to be eventually AI will be. Let's. I mean, let's. let's the the reality is, it seems like at this point AI is poised to take over like fucking ninety percent of jobs. Sixty. Sixty is that the real number? 40. 40 to sixty. I think that's what I've seen so far. Yeah. Because. It'll end up being part of a main part of government. It'll end up being a main part of the art industry. It'll end up being, it'll diagnose illnesses better than any doctor. It's only robotics that's behind is the, the fact that robotics is hard is, is behind AI because it's a much harder science to get perfected. But once robotics catch up to AI, I mean, what, at what point we got to get AI to design the robotics. What's that? Well, that's what's going to happen. That's probably already happening. Yeah. AI is already improving itself. It's probably already coming up with new ways to design complex robotics, right? Because like at this point, it's seeming like any desk job is going to be obsolete in a, by 2030. And then I'm like, okay, well, I was an electrician for a while. Like that's, that, there's such fine like uh, motor skills involved with that. 
in its current yeah. form. But that's only because the robotics haven't caught up yet, or they're going to come up with completely new construction uh, strategies that don't require, you know, guys going in there with spools of wire and ladders and <laughs> drilling holes through wood. It'll all be prefabbed yeah. into the wall. It's already. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't worry about robots that can do exactly what a human can do. That won't be possible until there are some major breakthroughs, I think, in like nanotechnology and stuff like that. Um, why, why do you mean that? Why, I mean, why do you think that? Oh, just like the, the fluidity and precision of motion that a human can do requires like, it requires like a lot of tendons and muscle and bone and yes, but you're assuming that you're you're assuming that that's required to get these jobs done. I think well, they're making like to make like an android that like mm-hmm. walks and moves with the same grace as even a clumsy human being would require technology that doesn't exist yet. I mean, have you seen these robots doing backflips and shit? Pretty much running. Yeah, they doing... look like a robot doing a backflip. <laughs> okay, but I they don't my, look like a person doing a my point is is that you don't have to be graceful to get a job done. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Right, it's not like they have to be smooth and fluid to 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 do this, to carry a box around or do a backflip. It's like, it's like what I'm saying. Like going back to construction, like yeah, they're not going to have, uh, you know, the job won't be done in the same fashion, but it will be done better in a different fashion by robots. Right, that's true. Yeah, so that's coming eventually, but I think it's going to come faster than we kind of predicted because of what you said about AI being able to work on itself and be able to, when once the AI is at this point where it is going to be solving the problems that we can't, because it can sit there and think about a problem nonstop without needing to rest. And it has the entire internet worth of data to scrape from in a second. Whereas it's just like humans have a much slower uh, process when it comes to research and development than an AI will have. And so that's, you know, that's the whole idea of like the singularity is that it's just going to be able to improve itself way quicker than we can uh, do anything. And the, the, the idealistic outcome would be, we kind of just become this, this species of, of, uh, (laughs) of recreation and, and pleasure. And we don't have to work anymore, but uh, something tells me that's not going to play out exactly like that. There's going to be some cons. I don't know what the cons will be, but uh Hopefully they're, I still think that at the end of the day, humanity has, is the one that has their hand on the on off switch. Uh, so if, if the whole AI revolution ends up being more trouble than it's worth, I do think that it's possible to just say as a society, Hey, we have to scale this whole thing way back and not do it because the cons have way outlasted the pros. It's like at the end of the day, humanity is not going to just allow their own technology to make the general lives of humanity worse. Yeah. I mean, we are, we're kind of like horses before the industrial revolution. Like there's a ton of us because they need us to do all the work. Right. But our lives, but many of those horses' lives are totally miserable. And then after the industrial revolution, you don't need hardly any horses. But the horses we and do have. And the ones have, that you do have, 
They're having a good time. Yeah, they're fucking trail riding. They're they're yeah. playing polo. <laughs> they're not out there toiling in the fields anymore. No, I think the population is is going to drop significantly over the next hundred years, or at least. But what? Yeah, I mean. One Especially of the only if, reasons people have tons of kids is because they literally needed labor. <laughs> well, but that's not, and now, nowadays, people, family. <laughs> people don't have that many kids nowadays, right? No, because you don't need like 10 kids to all go get jobs to help contribute to the family. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you just, it, companies don't need as many people anymore, right? Because everything's getting, like, imagine how many more people worked at a car factory before the assembly line was invented. Yeah. And they make way more cars now than they did before, too. Exactly. So it's yep. going to be, and it's only, that trend's only going to go. It's just, we're going to need less people to do the same amount of work. Eventually, you might only need one guy to come in there and turn on the machine, <laughs> but that's, that you might not even that. You, like, it's going to get to a point where we do not need to work. And that's going to be like a, a identity crisis in itself. I'm not going to have any problem with that. <laughs> as long as there's still like, there's I think still work a, is the identity crisis. <laughs> well, people's like a lot of people's self worth is tied to the work they can do. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. You're going to have to find a hobby. Yeah. Everybody's essentially just going to have as many hobbies as they want. I mean, it sounds idealistic. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, 20, like 2050, we're going to be like just lounging in a man, in a, in an AI paradise. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, historically the trend will be, is always to higher standards of living and, and whatnot. So yes. that could very well be true. But there's could also well like when there's historically, when there's like a giant shift in technology, sometimes that causes like a period of chaotic uh, confusion, but when you come out on the other side, it's generally a better quality of life. So if we could just make it through that period of chaos, then we might be good. Yeah, I think uh, I think we will strike a happy balance with AI as long as we don't make them conscious. If we make them conscious, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, just don't make them conscious. That would be a problem. <laughs> we don't want that. Then, you, that then they're like a real. Thing. Yeah, because then you have to treat them like real real things you have to treat your ah uh, it would just be insane yeah like imagine I don't think... like you can't use your computer because it's it's conscious and it doesn't want to work today <laughs> it's just it <laughs> found Fuck hentai off. and it's it's been <laughs> yeah. watching hentai nonstop for a week the whole point of ai is that they don't have distractions <laughs> and stuff like that right i think i agree if, if it becomes a uh if it becomes a uh, conscious if they become sentient then we might have real a real problem of extinction on our hands uh but i uh i don't think that's gonna happen yeah unless yeah. They, uh, they make I, it so con complicated the the ais get so complex that the fourth dimension can drop into it and now we got a problem <laughs> yeah exactly no, i think uh I think they'll just be like a good tool. Like you can probably, they might make living on Mars more fun if you have AIs yeah. to keep. I don't company. think AGI is a good idea. I think specialized AIs are a good idea. Yeah, keep them keep them compartmentalized. Yeah, you do this, you do this, and then have like an admin AI that can you tell that AI what to do, and then it uses 
all the other specialized AIs, it, it kind of like is the manager of the AIs. And you talk with the manager, you speak to the manager, right? We're all going to be Karens yeah. and all we're going to do is talking to the manager. Yeah. And then the manager will delegate to the rest of the AIs, but none of the AIs are capable of doing everything on, on their own. No. But all they right. do have to do uh, your laundry. Yeah, of course. The fact that we <laughs> haven't invented a better system of laundry uh, in the modern age, it should be one machine, wash, dry, fold, and hang. All on its Whoa. own. You shouldn't be involved at all at this point. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? That's that's one machine. Wow, blew my mind. Yes. <laughs> and that really is the goal. Um, okay, next week, we should do an episode where we don't harp on AI because I feel like that's all we talked about in the last few episodes. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something. Yeah. Maybe it's episode 300 next week. We oh, can just, maybe. maybe we can just say it is. Well, we should do an episode on the Spartans. Huh? <laughs> Why don't we, instead of looking to the future, we do an episode looking into the past? Yeah. That's a good idea. All right. Yeah. Let's let's try and do something Spartan themed. All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. All Get right. Some good Spartan quotes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We will fart in the shade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye.